Are you ready for the word tonight? I've been cooking all week. I've been cooking all week this word and I'm excited to bring it. As you might know, we're in a series called Enemies of Easter, leading up to the Easter Sunday experience. And um, as you can see, as Essie mentioned, we've got some uh, flyers and invite cards. So we're going to be letterboxing these and you can take a handful of them. Um, and these are the ones that you can just like have a couple in your wallet and as you walk through, the, every time you pull, this is the challenge, every time you put out your card, pull out your card to pay for something, you pull one of these out with it. Um, you could do what I did this week. I walked through Ikea and I just had a whole stack in my pocket and I was just dropping them in Ikea. So I'd wait for a spot that looked like, you know, that was a really prominent spot, you know, where everyone's looking under a spotlight and I'd be just like, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and I just leave a trail all through Ikea. It was great. And it was, it, I felt a bit, you know, naughty because it's like, it's probably not allowed to do that, but I don't care if I get persecuted by Ikea, then at least it's for Jesus. You know, right? Enemies of Easter. Last week we looked at Senti. Senti is the Roman centurion who was tasked with um, escorting Jesus and overseeing his crucifixion. He was the captain of the death squad. And we looked at uh, this Roman centurion and what might it have been like through his eyes, the whole Easter narrative. So last week, this week, next week, we're going to look at some enemies, the bad guys of Easter, to see what else we can learn about Jesus from their perspective, right? Um, And last week we figured out that, hey, um, he, he was standing right before the Son of God for the whole day. God was doing a miracle, but because he was blinded by apathy, he missed, he nearly missed everything God was doing. And we learned what? That we can't allow our faith to be on autopilot. We can't allow apathy to blind us to what God's doing. Yeah. And that was Senti. This week, we're going to look at another, um, uh, another enemy, another bad guy of Easter. And have a little look what we can learn about Jesus from his point of view. I'll introduce him and then, and then we'll read the scripture. Um, his name is Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate. He's a Roman governor overseeing the... Um, area um, and and he is tasked right with his being put in this position by Roman rule in this position to keep the peace to run the city etc etc. Now Pontius Pilate he wakes up and on his day on his agenda um, at the same time you know Senti's waking up uh, Pontius Pilate's waking up and uh, they're going about their day. Now what's happened obviously you understand is the Jewish leaders would we're coming and now they're coming to put Jesus on trial and they really need the okay, they need the thumbs up from Pontius to go ahead uh, Ponti <laughs> to go ahead with Ponti to go ahead with the execution um, so we're going to have a look, um, this account is found in all of the Gospels but we're going to have a look at one particular, actually I thought it might be fun instead of just me reading it, let's just watch it, we're going to watch it and then I'm going to pick up reading from the scriptures where this leaves off. Uh, this, you know, finishes off. All right, let's watch this for a second. Maybe turn these lights down.
state. A little bit later in the story, we pick it up in Mark chapter 15, and it reads this. Uh, he's standing before, uh, Pilate's standing before the crowd with Jesus, and they've just gone through the Barabbas um, deal that they're about to make. And, and uh, Pilate says this to the crowd. He says, what shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Verse 15 says, wanting to satisfy the crowd. In other words, not wanting to, wanting to avoid a riot, wanting to avoid things getting messy. Pilate wanting to satisfy the crowd, avoiding a riot. Pilate releases Barabbas to them and he had Jesus flogged and handed over to be crucified. If you're, a, if you're a, taking notes and you've got a title you want to put down, I've titled this, Risking a Riot. Risking a riot. Let's pray together right now and ask the Holy Spirit to help us this evening. Jesus, we just thank you so much for this time together. Lord, we just pray that as we, as we share and open this word tonight, Lord, that it would be supernatural, that it would be one that uh, doesn't just sit on the surface, but God, that it would go down into our hearts deep tonight. Lord, I pray for every person who has a need, every person that has a question or a doubt. Lord, I thank you. You're big enough to fill that question, big enough to fill that doubt big enough to fill that need, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would meet us here tonight in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. and everyone said, Amen. come on, who's excited tonight? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So good, so good. Um, have you ever found yourself in a bit of a, like a no-win situation? You ever found yourself where you've got a decision to make, right? But no matter what dis- decision you come to, someone or somehow you're going to lose. It's like that rhetorical, hypothetical question that everyone hates. It's like, hey, okay, say you're on a train track and you're a train track uh, switcher on, okay? And, and on one, and there's a train coming, it's been hijacked by terrorist monkeys and they're on there and they're just full ball, you can't stop the train and one track, uh, there's 10 people that you don't know, you know, like people you have no idea who they are and they're on this track. But if you switch the track, uh, there's just one person, but you do, you love them dearly, they're the closest person you love and they say, what would you do? <laughs> Go away, I'll put you on the track. That's what yeah. I would do. You get on the track. And then, and then it, it, I hate those situations because it's like no matter what you do, you lose, right? There's no win. It's not a win-win. It's a lose-lose. And, you know, in, in parenting, that happens a lot. You know, no matter if I discipline you, then this happens. If I don't, well, then I'm just going to punish myself later. And in marriage, I'm sure that happens. Husbands, okay? You can't win, okay? There's something you can do and something you can't do. But I hate these no-win situations, um, but it makes me feel a little bit for Pilate here, right? Because Pilate is in a bit of a lose-lose situation. He, he's got a decision to make. He, he, he's got this decision he's got to make. It's all on him. It's up to nobody else. Only Pilate can make this decision about Jesus. And in the same way Pilate's got a decision to make about Jesus, every single person in this room tonight has a decision to make about Jesus. Um, there, there are, there, there's, there's two decisions you've got to make about Jesus, actually. Um, the first one isn't the decision that Pilate needs to make. The first decision, and maybe you've made this decision before, maybe recently or a long time ago, you need to make the decision, is Jesus your saviour? Right? Is he your saviour? Is he the one that, who, who, who's taken away your sin and given you grace and, and given you freedom and purpose in life? Is he your saviour? Is he the one that when you die and, 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 and enter into heaven, he's going to be the one? I, 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 uh, sorry, I'm excited. <laughs> Have you got to make that decision about Jesus that he is the saviour of your life? Yeah. That's not the decision that Pilate makes. And maybe you made that decision, but you made that one time and that... You, you've made it that one time. You don't need to make it again. But, but Pilate's making a decision now that each and every one of us has to make every single day. Because we don't just have to decide, Jesus, are you my saviour? We need to make the daily decision, Jesus, are you my king? You see, Pilate is questioning, are you a king? Are you a king? Are you who these people are saying that you are? Are you our king. And everyone needs to make that decision about Jesus. Every day we need to decide, Jesus, you're, you're my saviour, yes. But today, am I going to make you my king? Today, am I going to make you the Lord of my life? Today, am, are you going to be my master? Am I going to come in under your rule, under your obey? Am I going to, in every decision I make, place you as king? And I want us to be a church. I want to be a believer that doesn't just say, yep, I'm saved. I've got my free pass to heaven. But actually a believer and a a follower of Jesus that says, I'm not just using you as a free ride to heaven and make me feel good. But I actually want to come under your rule. I want to come under your reign. I want to follow your ways. I want you to be my king in every decision that I make. That is the decision that Pilate is faced with. And that is the decision we face every single day. But for Pilate... In this particular decision that he's got to make, Jesus, are you a king? Should I 
You know, should I set you free or do I crucify you? What happens here? For him, the decision that he has to make, it comes with a bit of a risk of a riot. And we're back to our title. It comes with a bit of a risk of a riot. You see, feel, you feel a bit sorry for Ponty here because he, he's got multiple things coming at every angle from him. He's got so many external voices. He's got so many pressures from every side. He's got, first of all, the Jewish leaders who are coming to him and saying, crucify him. You understand the Roman rule? They don't just come in and just dominate and take over and, and then just you know, enslave all the people and make them do their work. The Romans were actually okay. They came in and said, as long as you pay taxes and don't start a revolt, you're good. You can have your own religion. You can have your own rules. You can have your own leaders. All that stuff's fine. Pay your taxes and don't speak against the emperor. That's fine. And so the Jewish leaders, they've got their own rule and they're saying, hey, this man, this Jesus, he's, he, he's saying he is the son of God. He's saying he's the Messiah. Under our rule, that means he should die. But in the Roman rule, only the Romans can execute people. And so they can't do it, but the Romans can. So they're coming to the Pontius Pilate saying, hey, you've got to take this guy out because our rule. So he's got the Jewish leaders of the nation that's subdued saying, hey, crucify him. He's got his wife. Um, you didn't see it in that scene, but the wife uh, has had a dream about Jesus. And she's essentially saying to him, hey, have nothing to do with him. Don't. Don't, don't get your hands mixed up in this ordeal. I've had a dream. I've just got a bad feeling about this. Just leave him alone. So you've got the crowd. You've got uh, the Jewish leaders and the crowd saying, crucify him. You've got your wife saying, hey, I have nothing to do with this. And then you've got, um, and then you've got Rome itself, right? Now, Rome, they're not in the story, but it's heavily implied that Rome, they just want him, like his officials, they want him to just keep the calm. They want him to keep the peace. Uh, they want him to be firm. Don't look weak in front of the people. You know, if, if you lose control, Pontius, he's had a history. If you go back and read the history, he's had a history of letting the crowds overrule him and overrun him. And he's been a bit of a weak hand in the past. So in him, he's like, oh, man, I, I could lose my position. I could lose my luxuries. I could be moved out of Rome, suffer the shame of messing up. And I can't control. So you've got the, the crowd saying, crucify him. You've got this wife saying, hey, hey, just don't get involved, right? Just stay out of it. And and then you've got Rome saying, whatever you, I don't care what you do, just keep calm. You know, just keep the peace. Don't start any rights. And then he himself, he's got his own judgment saying, I think this guy's actually innocent. So from every angle, he's got pressure coming against him. And for Pontius Pilate, he, uh, he, he realizes this decision that he makes comes with a risk of a riot. If he doesn't make the right decision, there will be a riot on his hands and he'll be in trouble. And for us, deciding that Jesus is our saviour is, is good and it's easy, but we've got to decide that he's not just our saviour, but that he's our king. And that decision, the decision to make Jesus our king in our lives, sometimes can get a little messy. In any situation, the decision to make Jesus king comes with a bit of a risk of a riot, a risk of things getting chaotic in our lives, a risk of things not being very convenient. Things aren't always convenient when you make Jesus king of your life. Pilate, he makes his decision, but he makes his decision about Jesus based off what will be most convenient for him. Right? He decides, well, I've got a decision to make. What's going to be the most convenient thing for me? He doesn't want no risk. He doesn't want to lose his position in Rome. It's going to turn into a big mess if he doesn't do this. Uh, now, and now we can begin to relate to Pilate a little bit because 
We also live in a world pressured with convenience. We live in a world full of convenience. Hey Siri. Oh, good, you're not listening. Hey Siri. Alexa. Google Home. Netflix. Convenient. Who remembers Blockbuster? Video Easy. Man, how good was a Friday night? You're getting your mum's car, you put your seatbelt on, and you go down to Video Easy, Blockbuster, and, and you go there and you find the movie you've been waiting to watch, and, and you go there and you look at it and it's there, and then you move the cover away, the display cover, and it's not there behind it. You remember that? You have to wait. Then you take it up to the counter and be like, is this being returned yet? They do the obligatory check, and no, it hasn't been returned yet. And then you've got to go find something else. Whoa, that is crazy that we do that. But, but now we've got Netflix and Stream On Demand, and everyone in the world can be watching the same thing at the same time. Convenience. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching against convenience. I love convenience. I love being able to just, you know, Uber eat something here. I love being able, to, being able to do that. I love convenience. If there's one thing that I think represents convenience for us, okay, in our world, I think it's the microwave oven. Anyone ever watch Spy Kids? Yes. Remember Spy Kids and they put the little tablet in the thing and, it, and they press the button and boom, roast meal. You know, you're like, I want one of them in the future. Well, we're close, okay? Not quite. Convenience. Uh, I think that is a, an awesome picture of convenience. Um, now, here's the thing. Convenience is good. Like, I'm not preaching against convenience. But when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our relationship with God, and when it comes to our calling, we cannot allow convenience uh, to be the crux by which we choose the decision that we're going to make. When it comes to our faith, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to your calling, you cannot allow convenience to be the crux by which you decide what you're going to do. We can't just say, oh, I'm going to just choose what's most convenient for me. Oh, yeah, I'll come to church if it's convenient for me. You know, if it's not raining... I'm not talking to you guys. You guys came out to church tonight. Some of you battled rain and weather, so give yourself a round of applause right there. So good. You're real Christians. No, just, just joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll join the life group. I'll join the life group for sure. I'll get committed in the community. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. You know, as long as it, you know, it's, you know, on a, on a day that's, you know, convenient for me. You know, as long as it's, you know, yeah, I'll, the 5 p.m., oh, we're moving from a 9.30 to 5 p.m. service. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You know, as long as the kids don't have anything, you know, like in the next day, early in the morning, you know. Yeah, I'll invite my friend to Easter service. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Absolutely. It's going to be so good. You know, it, you know, if, you know, if like an opportunity arises, you know, you know, if they're out there and I'm on the lawn and they're on the lawn and they say, hey, what are you doing for Easter Sunday at 5 p.m.? And I say, oh, you know, just doing some things with my friends. And they're like, oh, well, can I come? Then I'll invite them to church. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give. I'll be part of it. I'll sow as long as it's convenient. And, and, and the thing is... Too quickly we begin and too easily we crown convenience as king rather than Jesus as king. Some of us too often, too many days, too many situations, we take the crown off Jesus and say convenience. Personal story, a little bit um, vulnerable, hope that's okay. When Pastor Peter and Pastor Julie sat down with Bethany and I and said, hey, we want you guys to take the church to the next level. We want you guys to step into this role. My thinking, my thoughts, 
Their internal person was screaming. <laughs> After the screaming, the thoughts began to arise saying, like, I know God's called me to this. Like, I know it's in my future. I know God's been talking about this. This is, this is what God's been calling me to. I know this is what I'm meant to do. But on the inside, I'm like, man, it's not like a convenient time. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I have to work another job elsewhere. So I'm still part-time working elsewhere. And my kid's about to go to preschool. And that's money. And this is an unpaid position you've got to, um, you asked me to step into. And, and, and you know, it's difficult. The, the building is like, oh, it's not the greatest. And, and, and you know, um, we're, we're young, like... Being young is not actually a benefit like so much. Like there's a lot of things that you gotta work through and pretend you know and you don't know and you've got to make it happen and, and it wasn't necessarily convenient. You know, for me I always knew I was gonna be a pastor and everything, but for me in my head I thought, yeah, I'm gonna get like, you know, great build a great character in this church, it's gonna be amazing, and I'm gonna learn leadership from our awesome leaders, Pastor Peter and Philip Julie, amazing leaders, set the foundation, and I'm thinking that's great. And then at some point I'll step out and maybe serve in another church that looks a bit different and sounds a bit different and not better, not worse, just a bit different, so I can learn under another leader and learn how they do things in the big you know, in another world and in a bigger way, and and I could get some experience there. Then maybe I'll start something, and God will do something. And at this time, right now, in you know, right before a pandemic, is not very convenient. <laughs> That's good. It's not convenient. And and I had to be so careful. I didn't say, okay, Jesus, I just can't just borrow that crown. Yeah, you're my you're my king. You know, most of I just take that. Thank you. Just just a minute, and and say convenience. What are you placing the crown on in your life? What are you taking the crown and the power and the decision away from Jesus and putting on just you know, the easy route? Now, easy isn't a bad thing. It's not like your whole life has to be hard and inconvenient and your whole world has to be difficult. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is sometimes the path of least resistance equals the path of least revelation. Sometimes the, the easier you get it, you don't have to rely on God so much. You don't have to really invest in God. You don't, have to try, you don't have to be a part of it. You don't have to get a word from heaven because it's just the path of least resistance. But I want to I say that might be, they might just coincide God's way and the easy way. They might. Sometimes they do and that's okay. But sometimes and a lot of times they don't. Jesus' way isn't always the most convenient way. And I don't want to place the crown that I'm following on top of convenience to say, you know what? I want to put this on Jesus, not on what's easy for me. The problem with convenience is that Jesus isn't. That Jesus isn't convenient, right? Like, what about the first time he meets Peter and they're out on the boat? Peter's been fishing all night and he's, he's, he's pulled his nets in, he's cleaned his nets, he's repaired his nets, he's folded his nets, he's ironed his nets, he's done it all and it's all done. Then Jesus comes along and says, hey, let's go fishing. <laughs> really? You couldn't ask me two hours ago? No, let's go out again. Oh. Inconvenient. Yeah. What about the 5,000? More like 10,000, including the women and the children. What does Jesus do? He waits until there's 10,000 people following him out into the middle of nowhere where there's no 7-Eleven, 24-7 McDonald's, no Woolworths, no nothing. And then he says to his disciples, oh, you got any food? No. Got any money? No. All right, now go feed them. Inconvenient! What about in this very situation? 
He's saying, are you the king of the Jews? Pilate's asking, are you the king of the Jews? For three years, Jesus has been traveling and preaching and speaking and and gathering crowds and doing miracles and raising from the dead and and walking on water. For three years, he's been saying, I'm the king. This is my kingdom. This is how the kingdom of God is. I'm the son of God. I'm the miracle worker. Follow me. My kingdom is not of this world. Oh, he's been speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking. And in this moment, when it'd be real convenient for him to say, yeah, I'm the king. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I'm the son of God. It'd be really convenient for them to speak up in this moment, you know, drop a bit of Mount Transfiguration on Pilate right here, start glowing, get Moses and Elijah, then you'll be good. But he doesn't. Inconvenient. And a lot of times it's like we take things, right? And, and we think the convenient option is going to be the best option. Beer batter, fish and chips. And we're like, I'm going to just... <laughs> Just gonna get a, you know, read my Bible, get a word, and then I'm just gonna, boom. And all of a sudden we're like, you know what? This is the convenient option. I'm gonna spin. Yep, I'm gonna spin. You ever done that? The plate's too big and it doesn't fit in there. And it's like, clunk, clunk. Yeah. We're like, man, I'm just gonna choose the convenient route because I think that's gonna be the easiest way. And that might be okay, like one time, but like you live off that. He's like, I'm not living off me. <laughs> You live off that and you you feed off that and you go the easy way all the time. You're not going to turn out a healthy person. You're not going to turn out a healthy believer. You're not going to turn out a healthy Christian. You're not going to turn out as someone who's really got a conviction and a heart towards God because you're just taking the easy route every week. You're never going to learn your word. You're never going to learn how to cook and make real beer battered fish and chips and peas and carrots in a lemon wedge. Is there a lemon wedge in there? No. Why would they do that? Ah, McCain, you've done it again. Like... That is, that is convenient like one, maybe two times, but the result is never going to be any good. When you take the crown of Jesus and say, yeah, I'm just going to do the easy way with my family, with my kid this year. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to take the easy way. You know, I've got this friend and this person, this situation, but, you know, I'm just not, it's not a great time. It's an inconvenient. It's not, you know, I don't want to be a part of it right now. And so you take the easy way, but you keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And then all of a sudden you end up with a gross meal that doesn't taste very good and, and it's not going to be healthy for you. As a Christian, I don't want to live waiting for the beat, waiting for it just to be done. Just like that. Okay, sweet. No, I want to be a Christian that's going to risk the riot, risk the mess, risk the work, risk the the relationship equity, risk it all in order to do something for God that's really going to make an impact in community and make an impact in my life. But instead, now I'm just served with some half-cold Christianity that's not really relying on God, that's not going to nourish me, that's not going to do the job, but now I'm just, okay, sweet, I've done it. Thank you, Jesus. God, I don't want to take the crown off you. Jesus, I want you to be the king of my world. Jesus, I want to do your way, even if it's not the best way. Jesus, I want to follow you, even if it's difficult. Jesus, I want to invite that friend, even if it's 
you know, going to be a bit awkward. Jesus, I, I want to be able to bless my neighbor, even though I don't know them. God, I want to, I want to step into that degree. I want to step into that, um, you know, that course, or I want to study that thing, even though, God, I feel you calling me, me to it. And I know it's not the most convenient time, and I know it's not the easiest time, but God, you've called me to it. So I don't want to rely on just it being convenient all the time. I want to step in and have a conviction and say, God, I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way. I want to stand on your word and do it your way. One of the keys join me as I, I, I finish up here. Halloween. <laughs> inside joke, sorry. You've got to serve on a team to get those inside jokes, okay? Yeah, yeah. So if you want to serve on a team, you want to be part of this and help make stuff, fill out the form online and we can get you plugged in. See that plug? It's good, eh? Prepared. Easter. I want to make decisions based off conviction. And I don't, I don't care if there's a risk of a riot. Even if I'm risking a riot, risking it going south, risking not having enough money, risking, you know, that person thinking something of me, risking a position I might want to get into or risking something. I, I don't want to be afraid of the risk. I don't, wanna, I don't care if it's risking a riot, if things get out of hand or things get messy. Who's the cook in the home? Hands up if you feel like the home cook. Okay, so good. Couple. My wife, she's not here, so I can talk about it. <laughs> she's a, she can cook. Um, I'm the home cook. Um, and she's good at a lot of things, and there's a lot of things she could talk about me about. Okay, I've got this one thing, so I'm going to talk about it <laughs> on Saturday night. She's a cook. She can cook, but she's a messy cook, right? You've got the clean pile, the dirty pile. That's me. You put the clean things in there, and you put the used things there. Oh, she's just chopping wood on the bench, peanut butter knife on the there. It's all over the place. But oftentimes, it's, it's the messy cooks, right, that can produce the best thing. And... and if you're a home, you're not going to just not home cook meals, cook meals at home just because it's hard work, just because you're going to risk burning yourself or making a mess and things getting out of hand. And you'd rather have some conviction about what you're doing. Now, this is my slow cooker, and it's got my dinner in it, my legitimate dinner. Um, yeah, it does. Eh? It's creamy Tuscan chicken. When I get home, I'll just mix in some. Now you might be saying, Kieran, a slow cooker is kind of convenient. Um, not when you have to put it in the car, in the rain, drive it here, <laughs> okay, like, that's not, no longer convenient, right? But it still takes work. It still takes time. It still takes full planning. I was thinking about this. I put this on at about midday and... Uh, and, it, and it's going to be a dirty pot after it, and I'm going to scrub it clean, and, and the utensils, and it's a big mess. But I would rather live with a conviction over just living what's convenient. You know, maybe this will be okay one time, but I could eat this every day of the week, man, and this thing would be awesome. And I wish I had some cutlery or something, because then I could give it a stir. It needs a bit of a stir. But as a Christian, when we come up against the decisions, the same decision that Pilate has in this situation right now, 
whatever that might be, it might happen multiple times a day, in this decision that I'm about to make, am I going to make this decision based off convenience or am I going to make this decision based off my conviction? Am I going to make a decision based off what would be easiest for me in this moment? Or am I going to make a decision based off what I know God's called me to? Based off what I know what he's said for me to do? Based off what I know is the right thing to do? I want to be a Christian who says, Jesus, I'm going to follow your way with conviction every day. I want to follow what you want to do. I want to follow your way. Even if it's not the easy way or the wide gate, I want to enter through the narrow gate, through the the, the narrow path. I want to follow your way, Jesus. And I want to live with convictions. If you have one point that you're going to write down, I want you to leave with this. It's allow your convictions to guide your decisions. And in every situation, we have a chance to say, Jesus, am I going to make you king in this moment? Am I going to come in under your rule and under your way? In that moment, remember, no, I'm a Christian. No, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to make my decisions based off Sometimes you've got to limit your, the external voices in your life. Close the crowd down. Maybe it's a family member. Not your wife, though. Probably listen to your wife. I'm not a pilot. Then. But if it, even if it's like a, a family member that's saying something contrary, she was actually on the money with Jesus in this one. Saying contrary to what you know, like even if it's someone close to you or the crowd or your perceived influences over you that have effect over your life, sometimes you've got to limit and quiet the voices and say, God, what it is, what are you doing in this moment? What is it that your word says? What are the things that you've been speaking to me about and teaching me about? What have you what have I found in your word through prayer and worship and, and in the local church? What what have I learnt through you? Jesus, allow my convictions to guide my decision right now. And make Jesus not just your saviour, but your king. We shouldn't fear the inconvenience. Oftentimes it's on the other side of inconvenience, there's a miracle. On the other side of having to feed the 5,000, miracle. On the other side of launching back out into the deep to cast nets out again, miracle. Leaving Egypt with millions of Israelites facing a Red Sea, inconvenient. But on the other side of that inconvenience, miracle. Maybe you should lean into the inconvenient. Lean into the difficult and just see if that doesn't attract a miracle in your life. Why don't we stand together right now? I'm just going to pray over us and seal this word and I'm going to guard my food because you can see he's eyeing it off, but that's actually my dinner. Okay, like I don't eat that. I'm not eating tonight, so don't eat it. Why don't we pray right now and, you know, you can make this decision for yourself. Have you put the crown that belongs on Jesus, on the convenient. And it doesn't have to be this big grand thing. It's just the little decisions. It's just the little times. It's just the little things. But Jesus, I'm saying tonight, I want to put the crown on you. And I want to let what's easy for me guide me. I want to let you guide me. Your Holy Spirit to guide me. I don't fear the inconvenience. But I lean into them knowing that you are the king of my life. Father, I pray over every person, Lord, right now that wants to receive this word. Lord, I pray that it would uh, do a work in them, God. I thank you together we're learning to take the crown and make you our king every day. God, we don't, we're not, I don't want us to fear the riot, God. Lord, I pray those that are, are fearful of, of, of um, causing trouble or things going wrong or, 
or anything like that. Give them a peace, God. Not a peace that comes with the absence of trouble, but a peace that comes with the presence of a person, you, Jesus. Lord, we pray that your name would be lifted up in our lives, Lord, that when we come to difficult decisions where we feel like we're not going to win no matter where we go, help us to choose our convictions and decide based on them. In the name of Jesus, amen.